the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. News and talk you can trust. I tell you what, if I had to tell them any one of these people, I'd be elected president by acclamation. <laughs> the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on, I think it's Wednesday, your Wednesday morning answer. Brian Whitman, Jennifer Horn, Don Dix in for Brian today. And we'll start, Don, with a little update on some new dining rules happening in the county of Los Angeles. Remember the controversy that was heard around the world last week when L.A. County said based on science, dining outdoors was extremely dangerous and they had to put a three-week ban on uh, dining outdoors. Well, turns out that there's a little pushback from not only restaurateurs, from uh, people who say, hey, how can eating outdoors be so bad if you've told us that this is safe behavior? Where's the science? Well, L.A. County was unable to show the science, and because of that, Now cities within the county are starting to push back. Pasadena never actually started to abide by the the ban on outdoor dining. Pasadena will continue allowing people to dine outdoors at restaurants in opposition of the L.A. County order. But now we have another one, another city Uh coming to the table. The Beverly Hills City Council unanimously approved a resolution last night opposing the L.A. County ban on outdoor dining as uh, they say the COVID-19 cases are surging in Los Angeles County. The city's resolution demands a motion be placed on the agenda next week on December the 8th. The L.A. County Board of Supervisors meeting to repeal the countywide public health order, citing a detrimental impact on local businesses and lack of scientific evidence. You know, this uh, this science mantra of the left every once in a while or more than once in a while does seem to come back and bite them uh, in the butt, as well as their hypocrisy, because now we're learning not only did our governor have a little fun at a certain restaurant up in Napa Valley, San Francisco Mayor <laughs> London Breed did the same thing the night The list after continues. He did, yes. So... Between the lack of science and the hypocrisy, I think people are just about over this whole way that the government is forcing us to deal with this COVID pandemic. Just give us the rules. Put face masks on every street corner. uh, Put some cleansing stations conveniently around. We'll take care of the rest. How about that? Well, I think this bit of hypocrisy is really showing up. So not only, and I'm so glad you brought this up because it was just a few weeks ago when we were talking about Gavin Newsom having this big dinner party at the French Laundry, this big fancy restaurant in Napa Valley in Yachtville. And he was there with 22 people running up exorbitant bar tabs, not wearing his mask. And from what people were saying, even laughing 
about how they were in defiance of the health orders. And by the way, he was sitting with the people who determine the health orders for the state of California. Then you find out the next night, the San Francisco mayor, London Breed, also dining at the French Laundry. Then we heard yesterday, and I talked about it a couple days ago, maybe it was yesterday, it's all blending together, but the San Jose mayor also taking some heat for telling people in his city not to travel, yet he was trying to travel to uh, to get to his Thanksgiving plans. And then... There's Sheila Cool. Sheila Cool of LA County Board of isn't Supervisors. Her, isn't her fame. Name not so? it, it is now because she has become a national sensation. And I'm not kidding about that. Literally, national news picking up on Supervisor Sheila Cool because the Board of Supervisors, again, last week banned outdoor dining in Los Angeles. They were not able to cite any science when they did it. And what happened after that vote? Two hours later, Sheila Cool marched right on over to Il Fornaio in Santa Monica, sat down at the table, and ordered herself some dinner dining out. Now, if it was as dangerous as she said, why in the world would she be at this restaurant? And it's oh, rich. I know. Yes. I know why. I know why. The food's delicious. Well, the food's great. Yeah. Carpaccio's <laughs> guy I hear is out of the world. At least it is at the Irvine uh, uh, Il Fornaio establishment mm-hmm. of theirs. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> apparently she felt bad for the restaurant, so she was going to go over and have one She's last a hero. supper <laughs> there to give them a little business and express how sorry she was that she voted to shut them down. So, as you said, in her testimony in uh, from the dais, she said, or well, I guess it was a Zoom dais, she said, this is dangerous stuff. People shouldn't be doing it. Well, ma'am, if it is so dangerous... Why did you march your little uh, elected self over to that restaurant and have dinner there? Are you just are you just teasing? She's us a brave with... woman. She was willing She's to bra- put yeah, it all on exactly. the line for some <laughs> for some capellini. It was amazing. To support but, the restaurant. But yes. you know, she actually said that the reason that we have these shutdowns in the first place, of course, you can predict this one, right? Well, it's because people aren't obeying the rules. No, what do what do liberals always blame? Or who do liberals always blame for anything that they think is bad? Uh, well, uh, how about President you and me? Trump. President Trump. You and me. President Trump. Supporters of President Trump. People that support Trump. <laughs> of course, Sheila Cool said that these restrictions. <laughs> I, had to, I had to get you there, but I'll give you the correct. Took you a while. But. President Trump, she says, is the reason that we have all of these restrictions and shutdown orders. She was on Spectrum One last night talking about this controversy, and it's pretty rich. you got to take a listen. The interviewer asking here about uh, this this temporary ban, which Sheila Cool was saying it's temporary, but she really played up again the fact that outdoor dining is really quite a danger. When a million people dined out every night in our 39,000 restaurants, it was a big problem for us, and... Healthcare workers were also very important to us, and they were overwhelmed. And they went, you know, immediately to their uh, greater sort of takeout and advertising that night. And so it was really just to say goodbye for a while. But I don't think those investments will be in vain because they will open up again. I think we will bring the cases down if we do the right thing, and we will be able to eat outside again. If I, I, I. I just don't see why people don't understand how important it is to continue to engage in limitations until we get the Mm. numbers back down again. These are families and the holidays. You know, I mean, families getting sick. 
it's just so dangerous. It seems to me that she doesn't understand, Don, that it, it's not so easy for restaurants to just close down and magically reopen when the L.A. County Board of Supervisors waves their wand and says it's now safe for you to go back into business. It seems that Sheila Cool is missing, that there's a lot that goes into putting that open shingle up on the door and then closing it down just a few weeks later. This back and forth that has been thrown at restaurants and small businesses in the state is appalling. And you can tell that Sheila Cool has never had a real job in her life. And here's the deal. I know there are a lot of actors and actresses around there. She's never signed the front of a paycheck. How about that? She's probably cashed a few in her life. And um, as a former actress of Beverly Hillbillies fame, I guess maybe Sheila Cool hasn't had the pleasure of figuring out the uh, the stressors of running a business, a small business particularly. Well, it seems like at every turn, uh, people just don't understand what's involved with small business and how tone deaf can Governor Newsom be, how tone deaf can Senator uh, Vice President-elect Harris be when they say, oh, gosh, it's Black Friday. Go out and support small businesses. Oh, okay. Aren't those the same small businesses you've decimated over the last eight years? And now all of a sudden you're saying go support them? Where was your call to support them when you've shut them all down and kept them from uh, operating? Meanwhile, Amazon and some of these larger tech firms that don't have some of the same restrictions as you put on small businesses, uh, they're thriving. Uh, th- these people are making billions. We've, we've got 22 new billionaires since COVID has hit. And Jeff, uh, and, and Bezos, his net worth has gone up by 70 billion. Uh, not to mention some of these other uh, guys that sit on top of these piles of stock of some of these big. Now, I'm not I'm not at all, uh, you know, fine. Get get as rich as you can. This is America. I believe in capitalism. But what I don't believe in is when you have these double standards where you uh, put the put your knee on the neck of small businesses and then turn around and go, go support them. Meanwhile, you're shutting them down. Yeah. And. It's- and the back and forth, I think this is this is what I think is really being missed by Sacramento and uh, and not just our state, by the way. It's being missed by governors across the country is that you can't just snap your fingers and open and close an establishment. There are a lot of things that go into it. There's a lot of money that was spent by restaurants to come up to code just so they could reopen a few months ago for outdoor dining. They had to change a lot. They had to get outdoor tables. They had to think about heaters. They had to make sure that that, sa- that space was secure. They to bring back their staff. Their staff starts relying on that money. And then, as uh, Sebastian Gorka would say, whammo blammo, they're, whammo, blammo. they're out of business again. All well, right. they, they had to get those outdoor tents with walls, which basically is indoor-outdoor dining so that they could avoid indoor dining. And there you go. All right. We're going to hear more from Sheila Cool because, seriously, if you missed this last night, you will not want to uh, miss how she tries to pin the L.A. County shutdowns on President Trump and his supporters. Oh, it'll shock you as your Wednesday morning answer continues. Jennifer Horn is funny, smart, and beautiful. And then there's Brian, who's, um, well, anyway, this is the morning answer. Thanks for joining us. It is Wednesday, middle of the week already here on the morning answer. John Dix in for Brian and uh, L.A. residents seem to be reaching that breaking point. You know, it takes a lot 
to shake us away from our soy macchiato, frappa hoopoos, whatever we drink at Starbucks, right? It takes a lot to shake that off. I missed that one on the menu. I'm going to have to go in to Starbucks and say, I want a frappa hoo uh, One of those frappa hoos. It takes a frappa long time. Hero. Yeah, with extra whipped cream. Or no, we're in LA. No whipped cream, no dairy, extra soy. Add in some tofu if you can chunk it all up in there. And, uh, you know, make the girls fly out of their Ugg boots. You know, it takes a lot for us to notice. But I think, well, and, and I like think people are waking up. Yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> but I think people are waking up. They are waking up all across Southern California right now, all across the state. And they're going, wait a second. Is this is this too much? You know, they're telling us one thing, yet our elected officials are doing mm. something else. Now, when you join us uh, in this hour on The Morning Answer, you are officially in our 6 o'clock club. And the secret is we've installed extra phone lines. Just for you in the six o'clock club. Don't tell people that? listening at seven. We've installed extra phone lines. Okay. So call us right now. Eight five five. We do have. We don't have screeners, but we do have phone lines. Eight five five seven eight five. Eight two five five. Your call calls us. unscreened. Call us and just let morning. the phone ring. It'll be so much fun. <laughs> we'll we'll telepathically take your answers. <laughs> 855-785-8255 is the number to call. 855-785-8255. Here's the hey, question. Jim Jordan must be paying attention to what we're talking about right now. He just tweeted out 14 minutes ago. Why is it always Democrat politicians that violate their COVID-19 rules that they put in right. place? And he's he's right getting a lot that. of reaction to that tweet. So is the this the moment that is waking up? people to uh, this overreach by uh, politicians. Let's just talk about here in the state of California. Let's forget Whitmer. Let's forget other states. Let's talk about what we know here on The Morning Answer. What do you think this is the moment where people are waking up and saying enough is enough? 855-785-8255. And uh, we'll hear a little more from Sheila Cool, who is the supervisor who was one of three who voted to shut down outdoor dining based on zero science. In fact, the science they referenced was a CDC study about indoor dining. And Sheila Cool, in her interview on Spectrum One last night, talked about the backlash she's received and basically blamed President Trump and his supporters for it. Take a listen. You've received a lot of backlash for this. Can you kind of tell us what it's been like? What has happened in response to this coming out? Well, you know, Alex, fortunately, since I've been an elected official for 26 years, uh, this is not the first time there have been well, this is the first time I've had Trumpies outside yelling at me, but um, not the first. Wait a second. What did she just say? Trumpies? Trumpies? We got to listen. No, to you again. know, there's a lot to dissect here. Trumpies, what, Trumpies. What's already been played. She, first of all, she says after being an elected official for 25 years, this isn't the first time that she's been indicted in the public square for being a hypocrite. So this happened. So this happens regularly. Sheila does it. And she's okay with it. <laughs> uh, you know, this is what I love. It's one of those days. This is what I love, though. It, it, you know, it's a Trumpy. it's a party that is is preaching unity, yet it's the Trumpies that are coming after. Her. All right, Sheila, let's hear what else you have to say. Time there's been threats. As a matter of fact, I was the first openly gay person elected to the legislature, mm-hmm. and I got many death threats, uh, lots of voicemails about. Well, I won't even repeat the language. I had to wear a bulletproof vest the whole first year that I was in the legislature. Whenever I went out to speak. So it is a dangerous job. The harder thing is bearing the brunt of having to decide between economic health and public health. 
And we have erred, all five of us, on the side of public health because it is very hard to do without your paycheck, but it is even harder to do without breathing. And when your kids can't come in and see you when you lay dying, um, it is so different from anything we've ever faced. I think people need to really be brave and work together to overcome this and stop kind of gnatting at each other. Right. Okay. Be so is here's that like a, is that like Melania saying be, be best? Be best. <laughs> Look, I appreciate that Sheila Cool probably got some uh, some hateful stuff thrown at her. If she's uh, if she is the first openly gay person that that was elected to her position, maybe she did get some hate thrown her way. You know what? Uh, that's fine, but that doesn't make it a reason for her to to take that out on the. The economy in California, that doesn't make it okay for her to make it worse and harder for small businesses and for restaurateurs. I don't believe, and maybe this is just the fundamental difference. Maybe she did just exactly lay out what we're talking about here. She's saying that you have to pick economic or public health. I don't believe that you do. I believe that you can have both of those things and you can reasonably work to try to keep people safe and you can reasonably let people go back and make a living. I don't think that it has to be one or another, one or the other. And maybe, maybe she's just nailed it. Maybe that's what they think. It has to be one or the other. It cannot be both. How about the fact that you have all of these people who are being paid by taxpayers who themselves are being deprived of their means to economic uh, freedom. I mean, doesn't the uh, Declaration of Independence say, you know, oh, according to Joe Biden, it's like, you know, the thing. Uh, happiness is a very important aspect to what the Declaration, and that, that definition, according to the founders, was expansive about property. You know, your business is your property, and when the government tells you that you can't operate your business because of a pandemic, why don't you guys get in the pool in the deep end with everybody else? Why don't you guys actually, uh, instead of preaching from your uh, seat at the French Laundry restaurant, and by the way, how appropriate, I mean, you know, talk about French Laundry. How appropriate is that word for what they're doing? I mean, that is, you know, that the entire French Revolution was built on uh, the elite, the uh, the elites being brought down. So you go to a French laundry restaurant, you go to Il Fernay, you do the very things that you're telling us not to do, and then you tell us that you that we are that you deprive us of our ability to earn an income. AB five, I mean, that crushed the gig economy. At every turn, you have people doing everything that they can to to manipulate and manage our economy for the benefit of a select few, and. You're not willing to get into the deep end of the pool with us and forego Stand your income? Stand in solidarity? Uh, it's an interesting yeah. one. And Sheila Cool was asked about that. Again, this interview last night, Spectrum won her first since she was it was revealed she was dining out just hours after voting to ban outdoor dining in L.A. County. Sheila Cool talks with Spectrum One about this notion that Newsom and others are saying, do as I say, but not as I do. Gavin Newsom attended a dinner party at a really posh restaurant in wine country with people from multiple households after he said not to do so that there were legislators who went to a conference in Maui when the CDC is telling mm. us not to travel. And I think a lot of people out there are feeling like, 
elected officials and our leaders are are saying, do what I say, not what I do. And I don't think that that necessarily applies to this particular case, but it really feels like the communications have so broken down around this. Going forward, what do you think needs to happen so that we can get people more on the same page? And as you put it, stop bickering. Because if we all bicker, we are not going to get through this thing as safely and as swiftly as possible. Hmm. Well, Alice, with respect, your emphasis on this instead of other aspects of COVID um, is part of the problem. And I don't mean you are. I mean, the media seizes on these non-stories and they want to know, you know, why, why, why? And it gets the Twitter sphere just lights up. I think that uh, you don't want to conflate going to a gathering, which was not uh, really part of the rules, like with households not your own, or, you know, traveling to Hawaii. You don't want to conflate that with going one last time to a restaurant that is still allowed to be open. <laughs> Um, but for me, I would rather talk about the larger issue, as you said, going forward. It's not just that we're sniping at each other. It's that people are living in a magical world where they think that something they do is safe. Some rule they break is safe. And then their aunt gets sick. Their grandmother gets sick. The kid comes home from school and infects somebody, and they wonder why. So I would say that if everyone takes this very seriously and does what is recommended in our uh, health orders by our health directors, we will all be safer. What she doesn't realize is she has sent people away from a sanitized outdoor dining environment home to small gatherings where maybe some of what she says is true. Is this it? Has uh, has L.A., has Southern California, has California finally woken up a little bit to this government overreach? Are they saying enough is enough? 855-785-8255, 855-785-8255. Attorney General Bill Barr has chimed in on voter fraud. You won't believe what he has to say is your Wednesday morning answer continues. Waging the battle against fake news every morning. This is the Morning Answer with Brian Whitman and Jennifer Horn. Thanks for joining us on your Wednesday Morning Answer. I'm Jennifer Horn, Don Dix in for Brian. And uh, it seems that the Attorney General, uh, William Barr, has decided to make a statement on whether or not he believes that voter fraud truly exists in the country. Now, his statement yesterday, Don, may have disappointed some supporters of President Trump. He said that he has seen no evidence of widespread voter fraud that would change the outcome of the election, which has undercut President Trump's position that he says there are many different instances of voter fraud and irregularities around the country. Here's his direct quote. To date, we have not seen fraud on a scale that could have affected a different outcome in the election, end quote. This was in an interview that he did with the Associated Press yesterday. Now, he's given himself some wiggle room. In in this statement, Don, he says, to date, we have not seen fraud, which means that there are still cases being presented. As we know, there are. There have been hearings almost every single day by the Trump legal team. Yesterday, they were in Michigan, the day before in Arizona, highlighting witnesses and whistleblowers who have sworn affidavits, which is literally sworn testimony that's uh, being presented, trying to tell their story and what they witnessed. 
that not only that, but you have uh, no longer just anecdotal evidence. And I think that we talked about science earlier and how uh, the left loves to claim science when it suits their purpose, what they feel is their purpose, and then they deny science uh, when it doesn't fit their purpose. And here, a very important science when it comes to elections is statistical analysis. And, you know, when you have guys with four MIT degrees in this particular area saying, you know what, the, 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 the trends and the way that things are uh, usually have uh, for hundreds of years, you know, they track this stuff. They have uh, lots of piles of data uh, to back this up. That when the trends start becoming anomalous, when they don't follow the way that they're supposed to, that's an indication that something has been inserted into the process that shouldn't be there, almost like a virus. And those people are sounding the alarm. You have Robert Epstein, who is a, uh, it was the editor of Psychology Today. He has been out in front of this. I saw him years ago talking about the outsized influence of big tech and Google in search results and how in the 2016 election, they were actually able to move the uh, trends of how people voted based on manipulating search, uh, search results on Google. This is very real stuff. Um, and speaking of Google, uh, Donald Trump has said he's not going to sign the MDAA authorization unless they put a get rid of Section 230 uh, in that uh, spending bill. But big tech, um, you know, when you when you make a sweeping statement like uh, there is no evidence. Yeah, there, there's evidence. Now, he did qualify it by saying not enough to have changed the outcome. That's sort of what I've been saying all along. That's the big question. Not is there fraud? There is fraud. And I think the left is being entirely disingenuous by ignoring uh, the fraud that's there, because if there is fraud there, the fraud can grow. The fraud can be uh, used in other ways in down ballot races. You have you now have a race in New York that could swing back in another direction because they just found 55 ballots. When you have razor thin elections like that all over the country. You better believe it's important that we get this right. Well, and I because think that's, I don't like being disenfranchised for my vote. I don't know about everybody else. I think that's a, that's a really big part of the issue that I have with all of this because I've uh, been pretty consistent here. I don't know. This is an uphill battle for the president in the time frame that he has to prove that there was enough voter fraud to to change the results of the election. Now, what I think is bad about the messaging coming from the left is that they're trying to pretend that none of this exists, right? You've got secretaries of state, both Republican and Democrat, saying no fraud, nothing nothing is, is problematic. But we know here in California, watching election after election, that voter fraud does exist, that irregularities do exist. And so you said disingenuous, and I think that's it. That's it. That's part of what the messaging could be. If the, if the Democrats are really interested in unifying, as they keep saying that Trump supporters just need to unify, we need to, to coalesce behind... Joe Biden. Well, here's what I would like to hear from Joe Biden. We know voter fraud exists. We want to make sure that we stand with President Trump in making sure that future elections are protected. But we are not getting that from Joe Biden and the Democrats because I think they know that there was 
perhaps enough voter fraud that maybe did shift the direction of some of these states. It was really fascinating. Yesterday, Hannity had on a, a couple of U.S. postal workers who talked about some of the things that they saw. They are whistleblowers. They gave a presentation in uh, Arlington, Virginia, yesterday about what they witnessed. But these are these are postal workers from Wisconsin, and uh, they talked about how they drove complete ballots from New York into Pennsylvania. Take a listen to this. What happened on October 21st was a series of unusual events that cannot be a coincidence. I know I saw ballots with return addresses filled out, thousands of them, thousands, loaded onto my trailer in New York and headed for Pennsylvania. At first, I didn't think it was a big deal. In fact, I thought it was really awesome. I was, I really did. I was like, sweet, I'm doing something for the presidential race. You know, this is cool. <clears throat> but as things became weirder, I got to thinking and wondered why I was driving complete ballots from New York to Pennsylvania. I didn't know. I didn't know why, so I decided to speak up, and that's what I'm doing today. He said he picked up 24 pallets of completed votes, and he picked them up in Bethpage, New York, and drove them to Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. From Harrisburg, he drove them to Lancaster, dropped the trailer in Lancaster, dropped his truck off, and went home. It started to sink in with him that it didn't seem right. Yesterday, also in one of the hearings, they they had a story of a poll challenger who said that they saw ballots relabeled as November 2nd, so date changing going on to make it seem that these ballots came in before for Election Day, not after. I was at TCF Center as a poll challenger, uh, kind of the belly of the beast. Um, what I watched, one of the incidents, Mrs. C, it was written on her shirt, brought down a box of ballots. Since they're in stacks of 50, I could estimate it was about 500 ballots. Gave this box of ballots to three ladies sitting at a table just off the platform. Excuse me, I'm nervous. One of the ladies, the far left one, tried to get our attention. She ended up giving us notes that were stuck on all these ballots, the sticky notes. She ended up giving us four of these notes. They read, received November 4th, enter as November 2nd. Now, this TCF Center, just uh, so folks can get a bearing on this, this TCF Center is located in Detroit. It's in Wayne County, where a lot of... uh, uh, irregularities have been uh, have been documented. This I, I watched several videos of uh, Republican ballot observers, ca- ballot counting observers, who were literally removed from the TCF Center. There was a group of about a hundred people standing outside T- TCF Center, uh, chanting about the removal. In fact, every time one was removed. The ballot counters inside TCF Center. This is the uh, uh, where the Detroit De- uh, Department of Elections had their central counting board cheered as they were removed. Now, <clears throat> this TCF Center has. Uh, there's a lot that went on there, and the video is really chilling when you see people that are there to observe being held at distances too far away to be able to actually watch what's happening. When you see people being kicked out, not being let back in, 
something is going on, and I think it's a little premature for William Barr to have weighed in the way he did because he just gives the left something to chew on. Yeah, there is, um, I think to be clear, and, and I agree with you, I think it is too soon, certainly, but, uh, to say that he hasn't seen any to date would indicate to me that perhaps maybe there is still an opportunity to, uh, to look at that. Again, it's tough to prove this stuff, especially at a criminal level where Attorney General William Barr would be watching for, for mm-hmm. potential charges and evidence. All right. Is it possible that a current Senate candidate in Georgia was involved with voter fraud in the state. Uh, new development has uh, some new evidence that will uh, maybe shock you a little bit about what's happening in that state of Georgia. We'll have it for you as your Wednesday morning answer continues. Brian Whitman's voices, Jennifer Horn's brain. What else do you need to start your day? This is the morning answer. Middle of the week here on The Morning Answer. I'm Jennifer Horn. Brian is out. Don Dix is in. And Vice President Mike Pence also in, like you, Don. (laughs) He is getting on that plane. He's headed back to Georgia. He'll be there on Friday. He'll be campaigning for Senators Purdue and Loeffler. Now, this is in advance of President Trump. He's expected to rally there this weekend to try to bring some support to those two Republican candidates. Vice President Mike Pence announced on Monday that he's making that return to Georgia to help not only fundraise, but to rally the troops to go out and vote in the runoff election on January 5th. This one, we've said it before, is super important for both Democrats and Republicans because it will decide the balance of power in the United States Senate. Republicans need to win at least one of those races to keep Mitch McConnell in charge and to keep Republicans with the majority. You know, this is such you cannot under you can't overstate, I don't think, how important uh, this election is. And I know a number of people from all across the country, people that I've connected with over the last 10 decade, uh, last 10 years, the last decade, who are headed to Georgia to rally the troops and get involved in getting out the vote, making sure people understand what is at stake. There is across the world an effort to terminate the words liberty and freedom as it relates to our rights. Where do rights come from? They're inalienable. We're born with them. They come from God. And there is a secular movement all across the world to move rights into the domain of government. Because if government can give you rights, government can take rights away. This is the greater uh, issue of what's at stake in Georgia, because looking at the way that Joe Biden, and by the way, there's a great, you know, I love montages. Jim. I know you love a montage. I it's one thing I've learned about montage. you over the years. Yeah. Yes. An audio montage. When you have the media in unison, uh, extolling the virtues of the developing Biden administration and cabinet saying that it's the most, uh, diverse, cabinet ever and 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 just fawning over joe biden and then when you begin to peel back the layers of the onion and look at who these people really are they're who they've been involved with before you see what is being termed the great reset beginning to unfold inside this country uh with the biden uh harris uh president elect right now uh no no idea how that's going to how that's going to work out but the last 
uh, obstruction, the last uh, institution of government that stands in the way of fulfilling that here in the United States are these two Senate seats in Georgia. I don't think you can um, I don't think you can overstate how important this is to the future of freedom and liberty if those seats do not get held by Republicans. And we've been talking a lot about voter fraud and irregularities in terms of the presidential election, certainly. And uh, that's still ongoing in the state of Georgia. There are lawsuits still um, in play from uh, the Trump administration. But there's also uh, voter fraud claims now being made about the Senate Senate runoff race that's happening on January the 5th. The Secretary of State in Georgia is Brad Rapsenberger. He is a controversial figure because he guaranteed that there was no voter fraud in Georgia during the presidential election. But he is already putting out statements. If you listen to what his office is saying, there are statements coming out almost every single day, and they have been for the last several weeks, that if you're voting in Georgia when you are not a resident of Georgia, that's a felony. Now, that makes sense to a lot of people, but it appears that there are some third-party groups that have been uh, allegedly sending some ballots out of state. Some, according to uh, reports, were, all, were going all the way to New York City. There are residents in New York who are getting applications to vote within the state of Georgia so that they could take part in uh, this runoff election. Now, I was talking to someone yesterday. Someone who is actually in the radio advertising business. I've known him for a long time. I trust him. You know, some of these radio advertising types, you know, just teasing. They're salespeople. But, no, I'm totally I'm teasing and we love them. I love, I love the sales profession. I was one for 25 years. But I was talking to my friend and he said, Jen, what do you think about this this Georgia Senate race? And so we were talking a little bit and he's like, I'm really worried. He said, my wife, his wife is Jane. He said, Jane's been getting text messages. We don't know where the number is coming from, what the source is, but there is a text message that has come to her now twice in the last couple of days that say, click on this link to take part in the Georgia Senate runoff election, essentially. Oh, good Lord. And she doesn't, now she's a Republican, so uh, right. she imagines that this is coming Wait, from- does she live in Georgia? She lives in Colorado. Okay. It, I, you know, there- <laughs> you, it's, it, I'm dumbfounded. you get a text, if, first of all, if you got a text- from somebody. Yeah, you don't hit the link. Impl- we know. Well, I went through a special training, uh, <laughs> you know, Salem for <laughs> knowing uh, what was suspicious and what isn't. Yeah, never click on a link. But um, if the you're point get a text- is, if she's getting it in Colorado, there are other people who are thinking. Even if it's even if it's based in nothing, even if it's just a phishing scam, people are still yeah. thinking they can participate in this Georgia race, and that to me is really disturbing. When you say participate, you mean go live in Georgia and yeah, vote. Yeah, vote or yeah, get no. some kind of registration. Now, these organizations, these third-party organizations are trying to get people to register to vote, and uh, they come out to help register people. We've seen them. We've seen them take – I mean, they were just in full swing in California trying to register Democrats or register Republicans, get people going. Well, one of these groups – that is active in Georgia, has ties to Reverend Warnock, Raphael Warnock, who is the candidate running against Kelly Loeffler. He's the Democrat who is challenging Kelly Loeffler as the incumbent, a Republican. He's tied to the New Georgia Project, which is apparently at the top of the list in this investigation from the Georgia Secretary of State, making sure that the New Georgia Project is not out there doing something illegal to try to sway this runoff election. 
Anytime you have the word new in something, uh, be suspicious. Yeah, there, there, that's one group. There's another group called America Votes. There's another group called Vote Forward. Uh, there's another group called Operation New Voter Registration Georgia. Uh, they've opened investigations into all of these groups, including America Votes, who is sending absentee ballot applications to people at addresses where they have not lived since 1994. Oh, but they might I mean, come back to visit. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, you never know. But but this is this is just I I think this is prima facie evidence that there are people and operators out there. I'm going to say it could exist on both sides, but I have seen the vast preponderance of this stuff coming uh from the left who think that they are able to manipulate this vote. Voter fraud is very serious. And this is what this is the problem I have. It's a felony. With, with Bill Barr's statement about we've seen no evidence of vote fraud that would sway the election. Okay. Obviously that's the that that's an important hurdle in proving vote fraud is because did it sway the election. We don't know yet. I don't think that they have gotten to the point to where they've gotten their arms around the totality of everything that has happened. But over, uh, according to some, over 940,000 Georgians have already requested absentee ballots for the runoff elections, while 1.3 million Georgians requested absentee ballots for the November 3rd election. So there's a lot of paper flying around, and I'm glad that he's investigating it, but I think this is like an iceberg where you see 10% of the mass of evidence that mm-hmm. something exists. The rest of it's hidden below the water. Underground, I that's right. I think that's exactly the situation with voter fraud. Well, uh, the Reverend Raphael Warnock, who is running against Kelly Loeffler, I don't want to gloss over this, not just attached to the new Georgia project, but actually served as the CEO of the new Georgia project from 2017 until mm. February 21st, 2020, when he had to resign to actually take on his own campaign. The group is a one of four that is under investigation right now. They call them third party groups by Brad Raffensperger. So uh, we'll see what comes of that. But certainly connections, right? We're always talking about that swamp, and you can find the connections everywhere if you look hard enough. As we continue, uh, Dr. Barbara Ferrer, L.A. County Director of Public Health, out there talking about restaurant restrictions, just why she made that decision to shut down outdoor dining. A lot of pushback to Barbara Ferrer and the Board of Supervisors. You won't believe her reasoning for this one as your Wednesday morning answer continues.